Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today, you will hear a sermon from Pastor Jeff Abiera. So without further ado, here he is. All right, amen, amen. God is so good and worthy to be praised, amen? Amen. Again, to the graduates, we are so proud of you, and we're excited, we're here for you as you move on into your next steps. Uh, Again, my name is Jeff, and I have the honor of being the next-gen pastor here at Harvest. And one thing I always do, if you know me, I've been doing this for a while now, I like to do a few affirmations before we go into the message. So if you're a Christ follower, please repeat after me and say it with power and with truth, and say, I am a child of God, I am loved by God, and I am the light of the world. Amen. Last week, we learned from Pastor Stan, on the topic of waiting from God. And waiting is one of the most difficult things that we can do as Christ followers. You know, I heard a pastor once say that waiting is not wasting. But waitings are moments where we need to be worshiping. Within the waiting, we have the opportunity to worship. But also on the flip side, within waiting, there are times where we could be worrying. The title of my message today is From Worry to Worship. From Worry to Worship. And today, I'll be honest, I I need this word just as much as anybody else in this room. We're going to be looking at the famous passage of Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is like kind of towards the end of his sermon on the mount. And we're going to look at specifically verse 25 through 34. And this is a passage, if you've been in church, you've heard this passage, you've read it before, you've studied it. But there is so much profound reminders that we need to remember in Matthew 25, or it's 6, 25 through verse 34. So here we go. And starting with verse 25, it says, Therefore, I tell you, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and your your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word today, there are some of us that are worried There are some of us where our thoughts are plagued with a continuous cycle of anxiety or 
problems. And Lord, I pray that we would take a step back today, look at your word, and allow your word to pierce us deeply. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to, to you at this time. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Worry. Everybody say worry. Today, again, is a simple but profound truth that we can see in the Gospels. You know, worry is a fascinating thing. Worry does not discriminate. You can be in all different walks of life, and worry is something that many of us face. And actually, worry is such a big topic that people can study years of worry and still face it. You could be even in your 80s, your 90s, and maybe still have something to worry about. Now, since it's such a big topic, and there can be social and emotional and even physiological factors that can play a role in worry, today, for the sake of simplicity, I'm a pastor, so I'm going to speak on the spiritual aspect of worry. But we do need to take into consideration holistically, right? And I believe, though, that at the root of it, the words of Jesus is the place where we need to start. I believe that all of these other practices and understanding triggers and understanding the way that we go places, I think that's very important. But the very most important starting point that can be powerful and sustaining is what Jesus says about worry. Worry is something that Jesus talks about. In, in, and even just reading this, honestly, it's enough. I don't even have to say much after reading what God talks, or what Jesus and the word of God talks about worry. But because we are human, and we are flawed, and we are sinful, let's talk a little bit more and go into it a little bit deeper. So let's start with the problems of worry. Raise your hand real quick if you love to worry. <laughs> Some of us actually maybe enjoy it. It's part of their life. It feels natural. It feels um, just part of our day-to-day. But the problem with worry is oftentimes worry can cripple us. Worry can paralyze us from taking any type of action. But ask yourself for a moment, what does worry do for me? Is there anything that worry does for me that is actually fruitful? Now, there's a difference between concern and worry, though. Concern leads to action. Something comes up, an issue maybe. Concern is actually healthy. You address that issue. It leads to action. But worry simply just leads to more and more problems. Worry has never really done anything productive in my life. Worry wastes time. And, you know, studies have even shown that worry can cause many things. It can cause heart disease, strokes, diabetes, sleep problems. Have you ever worried all night and you keep waking up because you're worrying about that? It can create digestive problems. I remember this one time I was so anxious that my stomach started hurting. Worry can cause depression. Worry can cause muscle tension. Have you ever had a, a knot in your back simply because you're thinking about something too much? 
Worry is something that we need to know how to address, especially as followers of Christ. Ask yourselves this. How many of us have decided when we were born? Silly question, right? Now, how many of us can decide when we die? Now, outside of rare cases, this is out of our control. And what does Jesus say? In verse 27, Jesus says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The root problem of worry is trying to control things. And there's so much out of our control. Worry can make us go in circles. Quick story. This past week, it took me a long time to recover from our young adult retreat and greenhouse retreat. Um, I just don't do well with a lack of sleep. And I really wanted to maximize my time. So I stayed up both nights. Actually, I didn't even stay up that late. It was only till 1 a.m. Some of them, they went to sleep uh, when the worship band came back in to practice the next morning, right? And I'll be honest, my mind was now functioning. I thought a nap on Monday would be good enough, but this is what happened on Monday. I just laid my head down, right? I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes for 10 minutes. I wake up, and I look around. I say, oh, my gosh, where's my son? Where is my three-year-old son? How long have I been sleeping for? And then my daughter, she's next to me. She's on her iPad. Don't judge me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Aaliyah, what time is it? Where's Jeremiah? And she said, don't worry. Jeremiah's with Lola. Lola is grandma in Tagalog and in Filipino. And she, my daughter says, he's eating lunch. And I was like, lunch? What time is it? (laughs) Good thing my mother lives with us. But I put my head down for 10 minutes. I woke up. My mind was not functioning probably until Wednesday, Wednesday morning. But by that time, I had a lot to do because we were planning another uh, youth retreat coming up next month. And there was just a lot that I had to do, right? And I didn't really get to start thinking about this message until Thursday. So Thursday, a few days ago, And I began to worry, because honestly, a well-crafted message can usually take around 10 to 20 hours. And I began to worry, right? Ironically, (laughs) I'm preaching on worrying. And I'm worrying about this message. And I'm worrying and worrying, and I get a little paralyzed. And then I pause for a moment. I say, I should probably listen to Pastor Stan's message from last week. Because I usually do that on Mondays. But then I didn't. But I already told them I was going to preach on worry at staff meeting on Tuesday, right? So I started listening to the message, and everything I wrote, he already talked about. (laughs) So here we are. I start to worry again. And I'm like, I should have looked at that earlier. I should have read that sermon recap faster. So I had to wipe away everything, right? And I had to pause And I had to really take a moment and look at Matthew, chapter 6. The interesting thing about the Word of God is, as Christ followers, we don't just read it, but we have to allow the Word of God to also read us. There's something very interesting about the Word of God. It's the only book that truly, truly allows us to put a mirror up 
and allow it to speak back to us in ways that just indulging it or just studying it in a scholarly way. It does something different. It has the power to transform our hearts. In Psalm 139, it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. A few days ago, I had to really repent and say, God, I am so sorry for just looking at this text, trying to get something out of it to speak to the church. I had to say, God, forgive me for worrying. Worry has the power to distract us from a lot of things, but especially our sinful hearts. The reality is I believe that initially worry is not a sin. I truly believe that. Worry is something we all go through as humans. But I do believe the longer we stay in worry, that's where it has the potential to become sin. And it has the potential to become a sin when it's on the forefront of our mind and taking all of our time because, by definition, it has become an idol. Something bigger than our actual God when we think about it more. And that's what I had to repent for. Now, don't get me wrong. We should face problems head on. Again, there should be concern and not worry. And I know that can be a thin line. And it's not clearly, clearly defined. But we can't live our lives in denial. But we have to live them in truth. And in the same breath, though, we submit to God and we don't submit to our problems. I had a friend in high school. Uh, Her name was Amy. And she would drive this uh, Chevy Cavalier, an old one. And I remember she had a sticky note on the side. She gave me a ride once. And the sticky note said, trust God. I was like, "Mm, amen, sister. Trust God. And then I realized the purpose behind that sticky note. You know what she did? The moment her gas light would turn on and be on E, she would take that sticky note and put it on top of it. And it would be, trust God. (laughs) Some of us do this. Anybody? Anybody? Some of us wait till that light comes on. And that's a little crazy to live life like that, right? Maybe a little irresponsible. And I don't think that's how we should live our lives. But here's the crazy thing. She never, her car never broke down. And she never had to actually get gas. It always worked. I don't know what happened. That sticky note did something. But anyways, we shouldn't live our lives like that. That's just way too stressful, right? Worry is a problem that we all face. And I just mentioned a whole lot of problems when it comes to worry. And we all know this. We've experienced it from a young age. From, oh my gosh, I have a test tomorrow, to, oh my gosh, I don't have money to eat, to, oh my gosh, I didn't prepare for something. Oh my gosh, my parents are sick. Oh my gosh, my daughter is sick. I'm worried that it's going to snow too much. I'm worried that it's too hot. All of these different things we worry about. Jesus here in Matthew 6 gives us very simple things on how to solve our worry. So we learned about the problem of worry. Let's go to the solution of worry. And the very first word, very simple, that Jesus uses is look. Everybody say look. Look. The first, first solution to us worry is to look at the right things. 
Again, this is so powerful that I'm just going to read it again, what Jesus says. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And then in verse 28, he says, see, or in other words, look. See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. They continue to grow. You know, even this past few weeks, it hasn't been raining at all, except for like today. And you know, my rose bush, it grew and, and blossomed like hundreds of roses. And it didn't even rain. There is so much that we can see here. God says, look at my creation. Look at the things around you. You know, sometimes when I worry, one of the things that I do, I just walk and I pause and I look to the sky. And even just looking to the sky, how grand it is, how beautiful it is, it causes me to say, thank you, Jesus. What are you looking at? What has your eyes been fixed on? Prior to this, Right before this passage, Jesus talks about how the eye is the lamp to the body. There's something about the things that we look at that is very important. It is pivotal when it comes to living a life to the full that Jesus promises. What are you looking at? And prior to that, Jesus even says, don't store up treasures here on earth, but the things in heaven, because everything wastes away. What are we so focused on? Are you focused on things that are of this world that will waste away? Are you focused and looking at the things of God? My parents had a 2002 Mercedes E300 back in the day, E320. Beautiful car. I drove it to prom. I thought I was the man. And you know what? 20 years later, that car has probably 200,000 miles and is probably sitting in a junkyard. What are the things that we look at? Now, notice that Jesus doesn't really say that, you know, storing things are, or he doesn't say necessarily say things that things on earth are evil, but he says storing them up, right? And making them um, an idol is. So material things are neutral. Money is neutral. But what you do with it and how you respond to it can become sinful and can become idols in our lives. It's the looking that can be wrong. It is the focus that can lead us to sin. But here's the thing. We don't have to worry because God is in control. Amen? God is in control. Look at the birds of the air. If you go to the next picture, I want to introduce you to a family um, our spiritual sister, Karen Kim, has been sharing on Instagram a story about Gladys and Garth. Raise your hand if you follow it. Highly active channel, highly active channel. I... One day, our sister Karen was ready to start her garden, and one of her gardening beds is her recycle bin. <laughs> 
And she found out one day that a geese has decided to raise a family on her porch. Gladys is on the left picture, and as you can see, Gladys laid some eggs. Many weeks went by, the anticipation starts coming, there's a gender reveal planned, you know, and all these things. And Karen is documenting everything. And it came to a point where those eggs actually hatched on her porch in a recycling bin. <laughs> Many days later, the, the ducks, or I mean the geese, um, they're walking around in, in that little land, and uh, Karen actually gives a little help. She picks them up and leads them to the grass. And this family then comes back. And as you can see, there's only, how many eggs is that? One, two, three, four, five, six. There's six eggs. And then we got the babies. And then just recently, they adopted like way more. The family grew supernaturally. I don't know. They adopted some. And the babies are now like three times the size of what they were. Now think about that for a moment. These random geese go to Karen's porch, lay some eggs, the eggs hatch, they continue to live, they adopt more babies, and they're probably going to fly miles and miles, they're probably going to migrate and then migrate back. And life is going to continue. Now, so simple and something we look over way too much in life. We didn't, Karen didn't really do anything, but life just happened. And Jesus says, how much more valuable are you? The reality is Jesus did not go to the cross and was resurrected for animals. Maybe, maybe that was like a, a, an extra benefit. But no, Jesus went to the cross for us. How much more valuable are you? There's a lot of things that we can worry about. And at this time, I'm going to invite, uh, uh, if you could cue the video up, ready? Uh, I'm going to show a video of the young adult retreat. And honestly, for some, our young adults has been an area of worry. But I want to encourage you and say that God is still working. And we're going to hear from Brian Cho right after the video, a testimony from him. So let's watch this video. Praise be to God for this retreat, by the way. Um, very blessing. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Brian Cho. Is the mic good? Am I, am I good on sound? All right, just making sure. Um, so yeah, I am just re recently graduating for the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And I'm going to be serving in the military for four years now post-graduation. So in the Air Force, I'll be serving as a second lieutenant, doing cybersecurity stuff. So that is the next plan for me. And so on the topic of not worrying, um, if you had told me a year ago that I was going into the military, um, I would have been excited to leave college, get out of this area, and just not be around church in all honesty. Um, a year ago, I was not in a place to even consider myself following Christ. And uh, despite that, because of Yoon-sun and Pastor Jeff, I was invited to serve at a youth group retreat in the winter. And from that point on, being redeemed and showing that God could use me despite being broken, um, what has wrestled with my heart for the past semester has been the youth and has been youth ministry. And 
Um, it has sat with me this semester. And so far, this year has been the most blessing year. Um, God bringing me back and showing me how much he can love me, how much I can love others, and how much he can provide for not just me, but all those around me as well. And so um, with that, there has been a big concern of mine to almost not want to go, to almost not want to leave. Um, not only have I seen God's faithfulness through this church, but other ministries, um, it has caused me a heart of discomfort and anxiety in wanting to stay and serve. And so going into this retreat, that's kind of the mentality that I was having. Um, a lot of concern, a lot of weight, a lot of burden, wondering why God was taking me away. And honestly, even coming into this retreat, it was a bit discouraging. Um, from our college ministry, we had six of us, and even amongst the six, uh, I think we had conversations about how hard it was that it was just us going, and it was just us, and that um, even the six that we were going with, they also have their own callings that they're receiving too, and that they're excited to do, but a coinciding factor was that we all felt extremely lonely in the ways that we've wanted to serve because of the lack of servitude that is coming from our generation. And so, yeah, um, this retreat was wonderful, just talking to all these people and all these people um, who are coming from the age of 20 to 30. Uh, honestly, an age group that has not had a ministry for so long, um, not only was it comforting to just sit there and listen to um, even Tim and Amanda, who are heading the ministry too, um, to just have that heart of providing a home for these people, um, but in many ways, actually, talking to not only the people from our church, but guests from other church, it was almost discouraging in ways to hear about how their walks and their ministries were going as well. Um, a coinciding factor, and God bless Harvest, because this is one of the few churches that, is, that are blossoming in terms of youth and ministry. Um, other churches are really struggling with their ministries. Um, I've seen a lot of churches go down, a lot of youth groups fade, and a lot of ministries been told that when asked for service, they are turned down. And on the heart of youth ministry and the heart of not wanting to leave, um, I honestly still left this retreat with a lot of anxiety and a lot of worry for not just myself, but for the youth as well. And so personally, there was a lot of great things at this retreat. <clears throat> um, I was blessed by Pastor Jason Min and a lot of things he said um, to walk by, instead of run with your faith, that it's a marathon, you have to take it slow, and that you really have to appreciate the secret place where Jesus lies. And so after this retreat, um, for the past three days, I was invited to another retreat to serve at. Um, there's a ministry, a dance ministry, so not necessarily a church, called Move for God. Pastor Jeff's from there. And so um, I had the privilege of serving at that youth group retreat or youth ministry retreat over the past three days. And spending time with the kids um, another group of kids after so long was so refreshing. And that retreat gave me the clarity of understanding what God has planned for me and where I have to go. And two nights ago, um, like every retreat, they bring the kids to pray. They sit them down. And as I sat and I listened to the testimonies of those kids and I looked at all the kids praying there, my heart broke for the youth. Because the things that they talked about and the things they have to go through shouldn't be things that high schoolers and junior high kids should be talking about. And as I looked at the room, as I looked at all the kids kneeling and praying and crying out to the Lord with all they had, 
um, not only was I burdened by the pains that they go through, but as I looked at the staff who had came to serve, as I looked at not only like Yunsun who had came with me and all the other people who were on worship team, I had gotten the peace that I needed because I looked around and I, I saw people wanting to serve. I saw that there were still people wanting to come and wanting to pour out all they had towards the youth and in a way that feeding themselves as well. And in all honesty, for the past however many years since, um, I'm from CFC and our church is tanked. And since then, I've kind of lost faith in what God has planned for the college ministries and not only that, but the youth as well. And looking at those kids worshiping, looking at those kids pray with all their hearts, not waiting till the last night to really go and seek the Lord, um, my faith in the Lord was renewed for the youth and the kids as well. And so it wasn't actually until even last night where I sat with myself and I went, okay, like this is the Lord showing me what I can come back to after four years of serving the military. And this is the Lord's way of showing me that the youth are still in his hands, that they are still taken care of, they are still loved, that despite the many things that they go through, that even if there are not people my age serving, he will bring somebody to listen, to shepherd, and to care for them. And so, yeah, it's been hard, honestly, not wanting to go. Um, I'm going to Mississippi for nine months, honestly. (laughs) From where Illinois is, it feels like a foreign country. (laughs) So, um, but despite all that, the Lord has been so, so faithful to me in recent years. And yeah, my story has been crazy. Um, I shouldn't even be standing here today, in all honesty, if it were not for um, Pastor Jeff, Yunsun, and even the other many leaders that have served me at Harvest. I would not be here at this church. I would not be here at all if not for the people who have served me. And so praise be to God to those who are serving others and who are coming back to serve more um, for the youth and for church as well. And so, yeah, I'll end with this. Um, the Lord is the Lord has been faithful. The Lord will be faithful, and the Lord is faithful. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brian. Um, our young adults, our, our youth, they need so much of our prayer, and I want to encourage you to make that a priority um, in our church. Amen. Amen. The very first word when we talked about the solution to worry was looking, right? But what happens when we look around and we don't like what we're seeing? Or maybe we look around and it just causes us to worry even more. Maybe things are dying. Maybe there's a lack of help. Jesus says something very important now in verse 30 to 33. He says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Looking is incredibly important. Looking is a state of kind of awareness. Looking, though, is a little bit more passive. It's awareness, it's passive, but seeking is a much more powerful word. And if you look at the original text, when Jesus used the word seeking, seeking was more of a word that was active. Seeking was more of something similar to saying pursuit. While looking, you could stand here and look. Seeking, you could stand here, look, but you also walk. Seeking is something that God is asking of us. And he's saying that's the key. And it's not just seeking God, but it's seeking God first. Amen? Not last, but first. What we seek first determines where our hearts are truly at, and whether or not we have an idol. The Bible says that the grass, they're here today and gone tomorrow, thrown into a fire, and they wither away. If you think about it, Jesus was kind of like the grass. He was here for a moment. His ministry was only three years. And when he went to the cross, he was on the cross in the, probably in the, the heat of the sun, withering away. And Jesus did that so that we wouldn't have to have the eternal consequence that he paid the price for. Our greatest worry should be and is the sin, right? And we all know this. We hear this all the time. But if you think about the way that Jesus spoke and the way that he lived, even in this passage, it makes sense why, or it doesn't make sense why he did that, but it makes sense that that's why we can have life with him, because he paid the price for us. He did that so one day we could live our lives focused on him rather than worry. And I don't know about you, when I think about that moment, when I think about how Jesus did so much for us, so much for every generation, my worry then turns to worship. Because what I'm focused on in my eyes, but also in my heart, is God. And the more I seek him, and the more we are able to seek him first, we're able to see that it's going to be okay, and that God is in control. Amen? Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. God, we thank you so much that you are a God that is bigger than our worries. And Lord, some of us in this room, or maybe all of us, we are guilty of that even right now. Lord, I pray that as we think about the things that are on our minds, I pray that we would take a moment to surrender it and to submit it to you. And when the temptation of worry comes, our first response would be to pray and to worship because you are the God that we can trust. 
Let's continue in a heart of prayer and just take a moment to reflect on the words of Jesus. Let's take some time to pray to him. Let's offer him our worries, cast our anxieties, give him our burdens, and allow the word of God and the spirit to move in our hearts at this time. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.